Welcome to the Share Chair Podcast, where we tell each other stories and learn from listening. Brendan, yeah. welcome to the Share Chair Podcast. Awesome. Glad you're here. All right. It's nice to be here. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So this summer, um, you, I, so the reason you kind of came to even us is actually thanks to Mr. Sabo guidance counselor and yeah. he said that you'd maybe mention to him and that uh to to come and talk because something had happened recently oh yeah so um what happened was is like um over the course of junior year junior year started off great up until about december in december um stuff really started to pack on drama secrets i had to hold about certain people i won't say names i won't say what i had yeah. to keep secret of because it's not my place to say but um, I had to start keeping secrets and it started weighing down on me. And um, then as time went on, I started like going more and more and looking into kind of like my dad. Um, I started like going through his Facebook profile and I found pictures of me and him that I had no idea even existed. I found like a slideshow and that really took a toll on me emotionally. So my dad's um, uh, passing kind of took a resurgence in my life again. My, all my emotions came flooding back. And then, um, some uh, failed friendships, failed relationships um, that also took a big toll on me. And then towards the middle of May, um, I hate to really get depressing, but um, May 24th, I had uh, tried to take my own life. Okay. I, after six months of being in this horrible mood, after six months of dealing with so much drama, and then eventually being involved in the drama, it just weighed down on me so badly. Yeah. And then I completely went missing from school for the last three weeks of school. Uh. I decided I needed help, and I got help. And then on the last day of school, I came back, and I talked to uh, Mr. Sabo and told him what I had been experiencing and told him how I want to help people. And um, then he mentioned the idea of the Share Chair podcast. So, like, your father passed away. My, my father passed from prostate cancer on August 18th of 2013. It was, uh, it's now five years ago, and at the at the time, it was about four years after it, ha- it, had, it had happened, but my problem was is that I had always pushed it off. I had always avoided it. I hadn't really ever tried to bring it up in conversation. I never went to go see my dad's grave. Um, so in other words, it was like, this was the year where I finally came to terms with it. Okay. You didn't have any closure before. I never had any closure. No, I wouldn't say I ever had any closure because um, in the past four or five months, I've gone to see my dad more times than I have in the past five years combined. So to give you something to like, to give you a grasp of like kind of my closure, how much it was awful, is, is that the last words he told me before he rushed, was rushed out of the hospital, like rushed out of my house and went to the hospital, uh, was, uh, I'll be fine, you'll wake up and see me here tomorrow. Those were the last words he ever told me before he passed. I think you discussed uh, the depression that you were feeling as a weight or as a, maybe you didn't, maybe that's me putting, how does it feel? How did it feel for you? It felt Um, like everything that I had cared about was slowly slipping away. It felt like I was meaningless. It felt like just everything was compounding onto me to make me feel like something less. I also felt incredibly lonely. Okay. Even when I was in relationships or I had really good friends and stuff, I felt incredibly lonely. Okay. I was like, I'm not right now, I'm like, I'm not contributing anything to these people's life in really any particular way that's remotely positive. So I'm like, 
where's the point? And then like that was that was my kind of mentality that drove me to May twenty fourth. Your lowest point. Yeah, and that was um, I even wrote a note. I was I was ready to do it, um, but then when I got there, because uh, I actually won't lie, I was planning to uh, do it over my dad's grave. Okay. I even got to my dad's grave and I pulled uh, my. I had a pocket knife with me and I pulled it out and I was ready to do it. Um, and I couldn't. And so therefore I felt like I failed again. And, um, but, um, I called a friend and, uh, she got my mom on the phone and then, um, we all three of us talked for about two hours and, uh, we all decided that I needed help. And that was probably one of the best decisions I've made in my entire life. Amazing. So um, this is amazing. So in that moment, Mm -hmm. You called a friend. Yes. And that friend did not hang up on you. That friend got your mom. My, how, did, well, how did that, how did, so what she I want to know so what about she did, that. What she did is uh, she, uh, I called her. I won't say her name. Yeah, that's um, fine. She, she said, oh my God, Brendan, you need to tell your mom. And I'm like, I can't let her know. She's like, you can't, but I can. And um, I was like, I'm, I, me freaking out, I said, if you call her, I will walk away from here, and you guys won't find me, that kind of thing. Yes. Um, and, um, but I listened to her, she talked me down, which uh, I congratulate her for, honestly, I'm one of the most stubborn people I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, she uh, hung, she told me, I will call you back in one minute, and then she uh, hung up, she called my mom, then... Um, she called me back, and then my mom came down to my dad's grave and found me there, and I just collapsed, yeah. just sobbing, because I was yeah. like, I've lost it. I think it was just seeing her, knowing that she cared so much. I think that's what it said to me, like, people do care. I just am not paying attention. I just stayed at home for the first week, really trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Then we were like, let's go to Pine Rest, um, get a get a counselor and um, also start taking impartial classes where you go to this place and you stay there for about a couple hours a day and you just talk about your stuff, get it out, work on coping methods, all that stuff. With this counselor, before I went to the, um, because the counselor and the uh, impartial like um, sessions were separate, Mm -hmm. uh, talking to her, this is when um, I score. I did a test to see what I was clinically diagnosed with. I was clinically diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, which I never saw coming. Yeah. Never thought, hey, I'm Brendan Bromley. I got PTSD. Because whenever you think of PTSD, you think of a soldier. Soldier, yeah, sure. But um. Yeah, no. that's not the only trauma there is. No. Right. There, I uh, met a counselor, and just the stuff we did there was, whew, like six sessions. And I, and like wiped out all of my trauma like it was nothing. We did this thing that would eradicate these things called felt senses or triggers. Every, obviously everyone has triggers for something in their life. She started noticing something whenever I talk about these kinds of stories. I would start to look kind of to my right. I would start to look to my right and only to my right. I would never really glance around or anything like that. I would just always stare into the right. She started picking up on that and she also noticed that my right hand would every now and then start twitching. Well, there's this thing where what happens is they put headphones on you and they play really calming music and it activates both sides of your brain. And so therefore, when when she tells you to go ahead and... um, 
talk about your feelings, you're not emoting them. You're processing them. And in the process of you trying to understand your emotions, it somehow gets rid of all, all of the triggers you have ever felt. And, all, mm. and so it starts to bring back memories and you're supposed to be staring into this one spot mm. that you, because um, once she said that you stare into this, like you keep looking over here, uh, she made me stare into that one spot and she put on the headphones and she just said, talk about what you're feeling. And instead of emoting, I was processing my emotions and you want to know what? Memories started coming back. You yeah. want to know what? That was the direction I was looking when my mom told me my dad passed. Oh, oh you were looking to the right. Oh, crap. Yeah. Yes. To know that this is what I had been experiencing, to have all these memories coming back and just like now I understand so much more about myself. It was just so much more. Yeah, I felt lighter. I felt happier with myself. I just felt like I had a better understanding of who I was. And walking out of there, um, I just immediately told my mom, and I was like, Mom, you wouldn't believe the story I have to tell you. Um, so, man, how is it now being in school? Do, do students know this story, or some, is the podcast going some, to, like, no. tell people this story? And, this, you know, is where, are you, this is where um, I get into the idea that I wanted to make my story something positive. Um, because on June 18th, after me really just thinking and just really thinking about the fact that I know a lot of people who have dealt with this stuff and who are dealing with it, I'm like, and with so many people asking me, because when I actually got my, because when I finally got back on my phone and actually started checking all the messages I had been getting, because once again, I cut myself off from mostly everyone, at least 95% of the people that were texting me. Um, I finally checked my phone and I actually had a couple messages asking if I was even alive. And instead of okay. me just replying with all of them, my big story, I was like, I'm going to create a video. And I, on June 18th, I uploaded a video where um, I told my story in that um, kind of like my new outlook after the fact. Because like, um, right now, if, I were to, if someone were to come to me, which, side note, if anyone does need to talk, I'm always open. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, I'm one of those guys, I have like been on the phone with people at like four in, a, four in the morning trying to talk them out of doing something or just trying to talk to them, let them vent, whatever. Um, what I always say is, is that um, reasons to live are not very hard to find. If you think about it, one reason to live is as simple as one name. If worse comes to worse, if you can't live for yourself, then live for them. Because if you think about it, if you were to go ahead and harm yourself, kill yourself, what will that do to all the people around you? Put them into a depression. Maybe they can't handle it. This, maybe they can't handle it just like you could. Brendan, you have a brother you mentioned. Yes, yep. uh, Drew. Drew Bromley. Young, uh, younger? Yep, he's younger. During this time, did you think of oh, him? He, How he, is he doing? Like, he, um, or what? he would get worried about me. He actually... Um, he actually noticed a couple of the warning signs beforehand. Like, okay. he actually did mention something to my mom in April before I had even really gotten to that breaking point. He's just like, Brendan's been really angry recently. And he's okay. just like, he, he's not doing YouTube anymore. I was just so surprised to see that he had the understanding and the empathy towards me for understanding, like, that I was dealing with something. Yeah. And I was so, I was proud. Everyone is always important to someone, whether or not they believe it. Yeah.
what I've learned in my time is people need to know they're not alone. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I want to tell people before we end this. Is yeah. that you guys are not alone. Um, I thought I was, but I realized over time that that is not the case. Um, Thanks, Brendan. Man, what a what a treat to meet you and get to know you a little bit. Right. And I hope that uh, I know that this story will help uh, will help someone. So thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. Anytime.